0: Hello and welcome to The Reset, a mental health podcast without all the bollocks. I'm Sam Delaney. My guest this week is broadcaster and comedian Nick Hancock. I first met Nick in the early 90s when through mutual friends we used to play five-a-side football together every Monday night underneath the Westway in London. He was brilliant at football, by the way, and I was shit. He was also on the verge of becoming very famous. Nick's really smart and really funny and soon he was one of the most familiar faces on TV. But, as is so often the case, fame came with its dark side and its temptations, and like me, Nick has struggled in the past with addiction. I recently appeared as a guest on his excellent football podcast, The Famous Sloping Pitch, and afterwards I asked him if he'd be up for discussing more personal stuff with me here on The Reset. I was really pleased when he said yes. We'd never spoken like this ever before with each other, so it was a really interesting and enjoyable conversation. I hope you agree. Here it is. Nick, welcome to the reset.
1: Thank you so much. Delighted to be here.
0: It's such a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, we've known each other a number of years, yep. although we haven't spoken in a long while. No, um, and uh, and certainly, Nick, we've we've never spoken about the sort of matters that this podcast is about because. We we knew each other um, many years ago as just sort of teammates or occasional adversaries on the fiver side pitch.
1: Yes, exactly. In an all male environment, uh, in at an age when you have very little responsibility and uh, and in a time when you probably wouldn't have talked about any of the things that we probably talk about today. So uh, no, no, it's
0: quite it's quite interesting that I mean yeah I think it would have been like the early nineties, uh, like when I first went. You know I was still like a a teenager, mm. and um, and we used to play in a, a regular sort of Monday night, and it's true, really, it's not just like the age that we would have been at, I guess you were probably in your 20s, but also just, it, you know, just, yeah, that environment it, well, and, that a, e- it, and that era in the early night. It, it just wasn't a thing, was it?
1: It's a perfect storm of things to be together, you know, um, yeah. as I say, all male different time and and, uh, and 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 you know and and being young and being and being yeah. young and determinedly hedonistic and having fun you know yeah. because that was the only thing that mattered kind of thing um yeah. uh, clearly it wasn't but <laughs> well what,
0: what's interesting is i don't know about you but you know those times it's not like i look back and think oh wouldn't it have been better if we were all sharing our feelings and not just having a laugh because it was a laugh But I suppose, you know, you have to sort of have a little bit of balance and perhaps in that time and at that age, we we lack any balance at all and think it's perfectly possible to just relentlessly focus on the sort of fun and frivolity of life without sort of reflecting on, on any of the other sort of emotional stuff.
1: Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's true. But, uh, you know, I think that, that there's that word, isn't there, carefree. And it, it literally, if you, if you break it up into its two component parts, that sums up exactly what you are when you're in your early 20s, unless you've got married very early or have had kids yeah. very early. Uh, if you're lucky enough to uh, have a job, and you've got a little bit of disposable income and all the time in the world then you know where, where are the cares going to come from clearly people do have issues mm-hmm. and do have problems uh yeah. you know whether they're, they're 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 from outside or or, or you know or, or internalized but but you, you 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 it's kind of it's kind of expected by everybody around you that that the next fun thing is the next thing to do. Do you know what I mean? You know, you can only limp from one great experience to another great experience. Of course, course they weren't all great, but it still felt a little bit like that. Mm.
0: Yeah, I I really... uh, I think part of that as well is I really... My biggest fear for a lot of my life, especially when I was younger, was boredom. It was like the idea... That there would be any gap, the, the gaps between, like you say, one fun experience and the next were just like quite scary, yeah. Because I just, I, I just thought that boredom
1: was almost failure. Did you ever uh, have that? Oh uh, yes, I think, so. I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, and and I also, of course, of course, being so incredibly self-regarding and vain and uh, self-obsessed, was convinced that I'd be dead by thirty-five. So therefore, <laughs> I had to really pack it all in, um, you know, because because people who i admired were dead by 35 so therefore naturally that's where i was going to be um yeah so so there was a little bit of you know packing it all in um
0: what what was your um like upbringing like with regards to this sort of stuff i mean you know sharing feelings being open about yourself
1: well, I mean, I, you know, to, to do the, you know, all the you know, um, David Copperfield type shit, as, as, as Salinger refers to it. You know, I had, a, I had a very, 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 very happy childhood, and lots and lots of good friends, and and three sisters who supported me, and and a wonderful mum and dad. And, but I think as I got a little bit older, I did become aware that my dad was struggling a little bit. I remember, I remember one summer when he he was in. Bed an awful lot, and my mum was finding it very difficult. And I, you know, I think looking back on it, you know, he, he was he was probably depressed. But my my father. You know, uh, my, my, my father's a, of 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 an age, and 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 even if he wanted to talk about it, I don't think would have had the words, uh, and certainly wouldn't have known, wouldn't have wanted to talk about it um, with me. So uh, he came from like almost the opposite of my situation because I had three sisters and he had three brothers, two brothers, sorry, um, and so I think I think um, there was probably not a little cruelty in that household you know and he was the youngest yeah. and you know and I, and I I, I think think being slapped down when you're young uh, makes you you know clearly makes you less likely to to explore these things or, or say things that suddenly other people might think you foolish for saying and so mm-hmm. you know it, it's off the agenda all of a sudden so yeah I was kind of I was kind of aware of that, I was kind of aware, although I didn't know what it was at the time. Of my mother's menopause as well, um, when she just seemingly went, you know, in my mind, a little bit mad, you know. But yeah. looking back on it, because my sisters so much older than me, they they I was thinking about it recently because she died recently. But yeah, they were sort of explaining, well, you know, what that was all about. That was this, and that was that, and that was the other. Um to, to me, because I, you know, I was a child, it it was just. A change, a change in what things were that suddenly they seem to be arguing, or he couldn't get out of bed, or you know, she was lying down in front of the car to stop him driving to work, or you know, whatever it may be. I'm kind of laughing at it, but but uh, but now looking at it with, with, with you know, through the lens, if you like, um, uh, I, I can I can recognize a lot of that behavior in relationships that i've had what other people that i know and so yes um it was there but no not spoken about i don't think
0: mm. yeah it's funny i remember my mum going through the menopause with which i now know to have been the menopause but i was standing the same i just thought oh mum's gone completely mad yeah she's yeah, taken yeah. like six weeks off work and he's like in bed and stuff and i understand now but it was quite terrifying but also even stuff like that. No one even talks about the menopause. Menopause would have been a word that would have been whispered. It would have been spoken of in hushed well, tones, wouldn't
1: it? it? it uh, uh, well, my, my father, of course, who had having three daughters and a wife in the household, mm. uh, and me, who he packed off away to school. He didn't pack me off to school. I had a great time away at school. Um, uh, not only didn't believe in the menopause, he didn't believe in um, premenstrual tension either. Uh, and right. so, you know, so these things didn't happen in the house. Uh, which it was clearly, it was probably a... Um, a maelstrom of premenstrual tension. I would have thought at times, uh, but uh, no, no, no. He didn't believe that, or, or indeed, or indeed that childbirth could be painful. Um, you know, he, <laughs> he, he he wasn't. I and he, you know he would still, but he would still say that now. I think if um, so, he's if, very much of the old school. Oh yes, yes, yes. But I mean, you know, the old school is, is often it starts with um, what will suit me best, and then yeah. you may, it's it's, it's um, post rationalisation, isn't it? And then making yeah. it a fact. It will suit me if childbirth isn't painful, even though I'm not going to have to give birth to a child. So therefore, ch- childbirth isn't painful. You know, it's, yeah. I will <laughs> yeah. declare it so. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But My have mother, introduced... yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on. Sorry,
0: Go, uh, just going to say, having three sisters is interesting because you're right. I mean, I grew up in a house of four brothers, and you're right; there is a lot of cruelty thrown about. And if you are <laughs> the youngest, which sure I was, it does make you a little bit scared of appearing vulnerable. But so, I'm interested to know what it's like to grow up with three older sisters. I imagine, my imagine, uh, what I've always imagined is that growing up with sisters is quite beneficial because it means that you can be a bit more emotionally open. And I always assumed that it, you would grow up being better at pulling girls as well because uh you, yeah you'd learn you'd learn how to communicate with women but that that was just sort of how I imagined it because i'd had the opposite is it is any of that
1: true well i mean the thing is look I, I i was i was i keep saying I was sent I went away to school when I was ten right so in effect I left home at 10 because I, I went away to school till I was 18 and then I went to university so mm. so I didn't mm. I didn't perhaps get the full benefit of having the three sisters but no it was a was a very gentle um uh a, a gentle place our house really well, apart from my father obviously um um and uh you know and I of course I posed no threat to them uh, I, you know, I was I, you know I was five years younger than than the next youngest, so yeah. I was you know I was I was almost I was almost like a pet really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, tolerated and petted in in equal uh, in equal measure. So no, you know that would that was, that was all kind of fine. I don't think even my sisters were that big into talking about. E- right. Emotions. I mean, now, now it's very, it's very different. Uh, but then again, we are all, you know, sixty and upwards. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so no. So in some ways, you know, I, I kind of had both your upbringing, if you like, Sam, and mine because mm. I, w- I went to an all boys school from the age of ten, um, um, with no parental influence there at all. So uh, you know, I got quite a lot of that cruelty <laughs> as well. So yeah,
0: I, I bet. I mean boarding school you know, people often say that, you know, the, the, the um emotions and vulnerability are positively discouraged. That's part of part of the system. Is, is that cliche true?
1: I I I, I I I imagine it changes from school to school. I think I, I think it's just a case of of time to tell you the honest truth. I think you know that there are moments, there are moments where um, you know where you do get a chance to to speak truthfully, and I mean truthfully in that sort of inner truth way to adults and 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 eventually your friends as well. Although most of the first few years that you're around everybody, you spend your whole time trying to avoid being noticed. At all, right? Uh, um, But uh, you know, I can't speak for everybody's experience. I I mean, I had a great experience, Mm. but that was only because, I mean, when 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 I went, my my mum said, "Look, we're, we're thinking it might benefit you." To, to go to a different school I wasn't doing well at the day school I was at and also I think she thought having three sisters it, they was going to turn me into a sissy um, so she basically said you know do you want to go to a school where you play football every day so I said yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly the sort of, <laughs> that's the sort of, and you know and basically I did play football every day and so
0: fantastic
1: uh, it, it, you know there was always something to look forward to so for me it was fine a lot of other kids You can't believe that their parents sent them there. It was such a ridiculous idea. They clearly weren't suited. They were neither, you know, um, mentally suited nor, uh, nor not tough enough but able to close off Enough mm. <laughs> to to, mm. to get through, and and you know, and and, and I absolutely accept it's uh, an uh, an uh, an awful place for a lot of people.
0: Um, so being sporty was a big because I mean, you as I know, you're a talented sports person. I mean, well, that must have been a that must have been a big like in that environment in particular, a big advantage for you in all ways.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I but. Uh, I think what it—I tell you what—I think it did do. Thinking back on it now, um, you know, I was nowhere near one of the best. And uh, what, what it did do, which is something I've always had, was me- made me enjoy the successes of others. Right. Always, because like I—I've I, always had friends who are cleverer than me, who are better at football than me, who are yeah. whatever it may be, and and I've always just taken great joy in that. It's never been something that's motivated me in a in a, in a negative way. And I think I, I think that's quite a good thing to have learned, to tell you the honest truth. To to, to you yeah. know it, it's the it's the the opposite of Gourvidal, isn't it? You know, it's the, uh, you know, um, you know, whenever one of my friends is successful, a little of me dies, yeah. is, is the yeah. thing he said. You know, and I, I'm, I'm quite the opposite. You know, I'm delighted if any of my friends yeah. uh, do well. Um, so I think it helped in that way. Um, you know, it was definitely, you know, it's not a normal way to grow up, um, especially as <laughs> you get... You know, pass it at fifteen, sixteen to be um, to be to, to be in an all male environment. Um it's funny, isn't it? I don't know whether you've ever read Tony Cascarino's book. Um No, I haven't. Uh, well it's a very, very good book and the reason the, the reason I think it's very, very good is that he, he talks about being a professional footballer, but he talks about he talks about how absurd it is. And he yeah. says he said that you know when he became a professional and he was relatively old I think he was like twenty one twenty two something like that you know he went he went to an away match and he was expected to share a room with another male adult and he said mm-hmm. yeah, I've never shared a room in my life and I was twenty one and yet and <laughs> little things like that you don't think of do you <laughs> Yeah, And he yeah, said yeah. it was just <laughs> like what a why am i gonna i don't even know this bloke i've got to share a room with him <laughs> you know <laughs> it's completely bu- and it's it's quite interesting isn't it quite interesting yeah i uh, uh, thought really yeah yeah um
0: so when you um when you uh, le- you went to university and then you w- yeah went yeah out yeah you quite yeah. wide world as as an actor originally weren't you is that right yeah, like you
1: no, uh, no so stand up really i think right um only because there were no acting jobs. So they, you, those, this is the these are the ancient years when you needed to have an equity card, and yeah. and the equity card was the classic catch twenty two that um, you can't get have an equity card until you've worked a certain amount of hours. You can't work unless you have an equity card. What's the kind right. of the deal? Um, but, but one way to get some hours under your belt was to do stand up um right. you know if if you had a well, i wouldn't say gift for it but you know if if you if you had a thick enough skin for it yeah you know <laughs> and and i and think you had to, it's some ridiculous some like, degrees sort of completely random number of hours you needed to do like seventy-two or something like that, yeah. and so I, I I I was both was a stand-up and also in a double act with Neil Malarkey, and that was a, Do you know what? That was one of the happiest times of my life. It was just, it was just unbelievable because the 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 stand-up circuit was just starting to burgeon. Um, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. It was too early that anybody thought for a second. The, that this was a job, or could ever right. be a career, it was just, a f- it almost like playing football at the weekend. It was fun, and somebody paid yeah. you for it, you know. And and it was, uh, I, yeah, it, it was sort of it would have been Paul Merton and 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 Gillian Clary and Harry uh, Enfield, and then later Jack Dee and all those people. And and it was just, um, it was just so. Professionally um, disinterested. <laughs> that yeah. that that that. And again, it comes back to that thing I said about enjoying other people's success. You used yeah. to love. You know, you stood at the back and you watched the other acts and you loved them. And we were all mates together. And it was, it was great. It was a really, really. It was one, one of. Two, two things I wish I'd never given up was stand-ups one of them and footballs the other um, but it was yeah it was a great time. it was a really freeing time. I was down in London and was working I was working for such and such uh, which well, I, I gave up uh, yeah I worked in media buying right which is the second worst job in the world after media selling um, <laughs> and um, and I left exactly six months after I got there because yeah. I felt six months would look all right on a CV. And yeah. to be fair, on the, the people in the office, they, they managed to, to pull the wool over my mother and father's eyes for a year afterwards by saying that I'd nipped out for a sandwich every time that they phoned up. <laughs> That's
0: very good of them.
1: But yes, while I was still, I was in fact, you know, uh, burning the candle, at, well, only at one end, really, doing stand-up. So that was a, that yeah. was a very, very a very happy time. Uh, yeah it was and and uh, yeah, and supportive
0: uh, and and I guess that led to your TV career because uh, you know by the in the 90s you you know you were on telly a lot presenting yeah. mainly weren't you I mean that yeah. Yeah. that exploded pretty quickly for you and what kind of effect did that have on you personally <sighs> mentally all that sort of stuff fame coming quickly
1: uh, um well, I was still doing stand-up, and that kept my feet on the ground a little bit because you know you still have your mates around you, and and a lot of the people I worked with in television were people that I knew, so it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But it was certainly it was it, 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 to use the word advisedly, but it was it was insane. It was it was because uh, and, and in fact, quite quite uh, revelatory about the way that that. that television works. I I remember I was uh, um, shorter in the tooth then. Um, But, you know, suddenly, because you're on television, you get offered stuff that you can clearly you shouldn't be being offered, you know, <laughs> just, yeah. it's just because people think that people will get the program made if you do it. So you need to get, you know, was, these were the days of faxes. Honestly, i honestly used to come home and there'd be reams of faxes just waiting for me, you know, most of it, which were, were terrible sort of ideas, you know, dad, do, do you want to, would you, why don't you present a program on animal husbandry or, you know, or, uh, or <laughs> dentistry or, you know, whatever. but <laughs> just, you know, just completely balmy stuff. Um, which actually which was a good lesson really because it was so clear I'd, if I'm ever going to drop a name and and actually quite relevant to your programme um, Dale Winton once told me something <laughs> which I thought yeah. was uh, very interesting Dale Winton of course who sadly took his own life um, quite recently but he said he said this is the way it goes it goes who the fuck is Dale Winton oh not Dale Winton. He just does hospital radio. That Dale Winton's meant to be all right. We should try Dale Winton. We have to have Dale Winton. I don't care what the program is. Dale Winton's got to be in it. Oh, not Dale Winton again. Let's not have Dale Winton. Let somebody like Dale Winton. Anybody but Dale Winton. <laughs> that's the that's the shape of a career. And do you know what? It's kind it's kind of true. It's kind yeah, of true. You know. So. Uh, so, yeah. When you're at the
0: sort of when you're at the peak of that, because I, I'm guessing with you, Nick, that you never sort of in your game plan, if you even had one, would have would have not been. Oh, I'm going to be presenting TV shows necessarily. I mean, that I guess the way the industry works is, you know, you're a performer, you're confident, you're funny, and usually presenting just kind of is something that, that come calling up, upon someone and next thing you know you're doing it
1: but, well you've you, you you've you've done it yourself you know they want they want a, yep. a, a relatively safe pair of hands i somebody that can bullshit <laughs> you know drop <laughs> shite you know somebody who can just keep keep the conversation going uh, but also yeah. they, they were trying to find a way to use stand-up because stand-up was such a boom thing on television and yeah and panel games was basically the only way they could get it to work. Um, yeah. Was you know because 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 one of the great things about stand up is it's just you and the audience, and that doesn't work if it's on television because mm. it's about being there and believing that that the comic is saying the thing for the very first time. Well. Clearly, if you're part of a television audience, that, that that's that's different. So no, it certainly wasn't something uh, that that I ever imagined doing. You know, I don't, I don't think any of us did. You used to say to each other, "This is completely mad, isn't it? This is balmy. people are paying us to do this stuff." Yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was it was uh, it was interesting. And then then you start getting all that. I mean this. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous even thinking back back on it you know um then you, suddenly it's film premieres and this that and the other and you know and uh and, and people are sending you shoes just the strangest things happen <laughs> <laughs> people send you shoes that's one of my <laughs> people say what what, what what was it like being relatively famous i always go people send you shoes I don't know. Yeah. That's
0: that's I mean, wh- it's, it's really spooky if they know your size. If they arrive in the correct size you're like, "Oh my god." I,
1: I yeah, I think I, I I mean these aren't members of the public. These are shoe manufacturers, you understand. Yeah. Nevertheless. <laughs> yeah, ne- Yeah, nevertheless it's still it is still quite frightening. So that was and, you, um, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, so you're earning money. There, there's people. Are, doors are opening all over the place. Yeah, presumably. Yeah, and this and the other thing about about you is, is that it was the '90s, and as we hit the sort of mid '90s, you know, where you know your career was was really, you know, on, on on a high. That era of laddism, of loaded magazine, of brick pop, and and all of that, and the sort of rebirth of football. Um, yeah. all of those things you know that was an era It's an era where I came of age and I sort of think it was great fun to be a young bloke during that era but the the general ethos was all like all that matters is getting off your face yeah. and guess what there's no consequence it's not something I thought that, uh, that that's at the it's time true. that's what I really thought now you were kind of not blaming you for it Nick but you were very much like a high profile person who was in the sort of in the eye of yeah, that yeah. storm culturally weren't you
1: um, yes, and, and and I was always slightly shocked to be thought of as being uh, uh, laddish because I didn't think I particularly was. But I suppose I liked football and, you know, I mm. fell very easily into the alcohol and, and drugs. But be, because, honestly, it was almost impossible not to be offered stuff all the time. And you thought, well, this is clearly how it works. You know, this, this, this is the way it works. I mean... Again, talking about being offered stupid things. You know, I'm, I'm 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 about as fashionable as as you know the penny farthing, and I I was I, I was asked to judge the Q Awards one year, you know, which is like ridiculous. I <laughs> oh, there I am at the Q Awards. I'm thinking, what is going on here? Um, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, and there's lots of things that that you know, looking back on it, I feel badly. I mean, they had the Luke Chadwick thing where Luke Chadwick. Had uh, quite recently just said how much how upset he was by the stick he used to get on. They think it's all over, and um, and he's entirely right, you know. And I yeah. I can't yeah. say anything other than that. Yeah, that was that was just bloody wrong. What, what on earth were we thinking? I mean, the, the the thing we used to say, which I suppose is you know is is the excuse we gave ourselves was uh, once the red light's on, anything goes yeah you know i i am this person while we're recording this program and i'm gonna i'm gonna give no quarter you know and if and if i have a chance to take out the piss out of you 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 or you you and you i'm going to be doing it and we're all going to be doing it and 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 i suppose um that i separated myself outside of the studio from a person inside of the studio unfortunately i think where i was naive was i also separated the people who are the butts of the jokes from being mm. real people to being um you know um, a comic figure do you know what i mean mm. and uh, i think one of the i mean one of the things i won't mention the names because that would be uh, unfortunately um reinforcing the error but we we made a joke about two players from the club that you support actually who right. there had been some rumor that um a wife had come home and found these two players together yeah. and blah 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 anyway we made a joke about it okay one stupid two not particularly funny three mindless you know um Four, annoyingly, you know, gets big laughs. But yeah. then a week later, I I get a, a letter from one of the players' mums, you know, uh, just saying, you know, I, I just want you to know that they're working really hard on their relationship. You know, they are real people. How do you think it makes me feel? Um, you know, they've got a young kid, I think, and whatever. Anyway, it was just, but it was just a letter from a mum. And, you know, and this mum becomes every mum then, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just like being, being caught, you know, and doing something very, very, very naughty. And then, and looking, I probably looked, uh, probably nearly as red as Kevin De Bruyne looks, the guilty farm boy, (laughs) as we always think of him. Uh, But, you know, and you're at such a pace that suddenly something like that just pulls you back and you go, what the fuck was I thinking? What would my mother say? <laughs> you know, mm. um, you know, and, and I have to hold my hands up, you know, but, uh, bad, made, and Miss Nate got egged on by the big boys.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing, is it was definitely a less sensitive time, that's for sure, uh, and everyone, I mean, God, I worked on land mags. I've got all manner of uh, <laughs> regrets about the sort of things we did and said and wrote. But yeah. it was a less sensitive time. But also, I mean, there was less consequence because it was certainly it was it was way before the the era of cancel culture and social media, where you know people get so. In a way, like you you think you know, cancel culture is is quite scary and obviously goes way too far in certain cases. But you sort of think. There's sort of more accountability now, so the sort of thing that a lot of us were just getting away with and not really thinking twice about saying or doing in the nineties, you wouldn't do it now because there's sort of more consequence, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, possibly. I mean, I I, (laughs) I agree. I I agree with you totally that some of the, the the more some of the excesses of that time. Uh, needed to stop i i also i also think about cancel culture i mean i, ju- I just I, i'm quite i don't like cancelling anything to tell you the honest no. truth i think it needs to find its own audience you know and and sometimes that audience are despicable and horrible people well fine let's put them in a all on their own i just i just i do i feel very sorry for people who are because of the internet, you know, have said something when they're like 17, you know, and are called up on it years later. I just, I think I, I'm all for a cancer culture. If you can have three strikes and then you're out, I think, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I think yeah. everybody should be able to make yes. a couple of mistakes in their life. Um, there's also a thing called, I don't I'm sure you do know the Overton window. Do you know what the Overton window is. Uh, not not Overton, not. Oh, okay. So the Overton window, uh, this is something that Steve Punt told me actually, um, is a period in time when something is sayable. Right. And it changes. Okay? Mm. And sometimes it overtakes itself and comes back again. Mm. All right? And it's, and it's, it, it, what it, what the Overton window basically says is that the certainties of today are different from the certainties of yesterday, and they're certainly going to be different from the certainties of tomorrow. And in fact, none of it certain but it's quite an interesting idea isn't it is, is yeah. that there's, there's a there's a period of time when something is sayable and then it's not and then it might be sayable again you know, <laughs> you know
0: yeah, yeah yeah I mean I, it, I totally agree and it's scary that things that you said in different contexts can come back and and furnish you and I you know I'm not an advocate of cancel culture by any means I suppose what it is is, is that you've got a letter from a mum and that made yep. you stop and think in, in amongst a fast-paced career where you were sort of, you know, flying from one thing to another. And like you say, nothing kind of ever pulled you back. But that did. But nowadays, perhaps we all, we've all we got more reasons sometimes to sort of think twice before we open our mouths about well, certain stuff.
1: I, I think that's true. But, but from a personal point of view, it should have happened a lot quicker. But the fact that I discovered myself where I was going so badly wrong is a much more valuable lesson. You know, it's the, it's the, um, (laughs) the cancel culture is to me the equivalent of having man traps to catch poachers, Mm. you know. (laughs) It's just reinforcing something that isn't certain and isn't necessarily reinforceable, but it's fucking harsh. You, know, you lose your leg to a man trap because you're trying to feed yeah. your family. OK, it's not the same thing. What I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm saying is, yeah, there was a certain amount of education in that letter I got from that lady. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you mentioned drink and drugs, and I know you've had uh, sort of struggles with those over the years. Do you think that that was something that you always had in you? Or do you sort of look at, the, you know, the sort of, um, you know, the, the impact of, uh, uh, of fame no, and the
1: pace of no. your life? No, no. The, the, the drink definitely is just part of who I am. Um, yeah. the, the the drugs. <laughs> I'm, I'm sounding more and more like uh, uh, like um, uh, a follower here. <laughs> drugs? Well, it's just everybody else was doing it, you know. <laughs> no, and it seemed uh, yeah, to be no, quite absolutely. good fun. I mean, I did. I love I did love. I and mean, obviously, very old now, but I did love the whole hacienda ministry all of that stuff Mm. i loved going out and dancing and doing all that stuff because finally somebody like me that doesn't know how to wear clothes was allowed to go into a club when i was younger you know you had to wear a suit to go into a club you know and 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 dance like john travolta so i really enjoyed all that and that was a good place and also the anonymity of that was very 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 good The, the the drugs i have to say were much much easier to give up than the drink and and that's because because well certainly when i reached a certain age and certainly once i had children i mean not straight away you know hold my hands up to that uh you know when i thought about it every time i pictured myself taking drugs it just looked so ridiculous it's such a ridiculous thing to do it's 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 Seedy and it's and it's strange and you know and when you <laughs> and when you when you're a, when you're a, a, a gobshite like me, why would you want to take something to give you more confidence? It's the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> but but the drink d- much much different. It's it's it notionally sociable. It's uh, always available. It doesn't have to be done surreptitiously. It provokes questions when you say you don't drink. It's it's all of it's all of those things. I found that a lot more a lot more difficult. It had been a part of the fabric of my life since I was probably sixteen. So that 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 was hard to to get rid. Re- and there was you know there was and I'm sure you will have heard these things. You know there was a degree of mourning. You know there was a degree of uh, can I... I don't really know if I can do this without a drink. You know? <laughs> I've, mm. Drink has been, you know... It's always been there. So that that was very hard. And um, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad that I failed afterwards. I'm glad I did it again. Because now I know I can do it. One, uh, I know I'm happier when I'm not drinking. Two, yeah. Um and, and I know where to go. When I, when I first was just in absolute desperation, I, I just didn't know where to go. I didn't know what was wrong with me. You get a lot of people who who, who drink a lot, who think that they're depressed, uh, and they may be depressed, um but the drink's gotta stop first it's it, you know yeah. the drink's not gonna help the depression you know the amount of people i've I've met you know going to, I think i'm just depressed i I think I'd be right i know you know I don't know, you never you you know full well you never tell anybody what they must do and, and what they are because only they they can come to 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 that decision uh, but I have to say um that the first three years when I gave up, I was so. So happy, just so happy. Just yeah, you know, yeah. felt it felt like um, someone had had me on the floor with their boot at my neck, and now they'd gone away again. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, uh, it's it's a really uh,
0: liberating yeah. feeling, isn't it? I mean, it's an incredibly liberating feeling. It uh, is they, uh, uh, okay. that that and that rush of euphoria that they call the old pink cloud. Yeah, it really is like absolutely. I mean, I'd heard people talk about. It. I thought it was bollocks, but I, you know, yeah, you kind of walk around like you're walking on air for a long time because yeah, yeah. you can't believe how free and and sort of light you feel.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and also, you know, we were talking about when, when, when you're younger, you know, how you can't enjoy this moment because you want the next moment. You know, yeah. And and actually, one of the great things about sobriety—not for everybody. Some people struggle terribly in sobriety, but but. Is actually just being able to savor the moment that you're in, and not think. Right, what, if I went to a cricket match or a football match, I would walk into the gate and go, "Right, what we're drinking?" Because yes. you know, watching a full day of incredibly talented Test cricketers play cricket at the very highest level isn't going to be enough for me.
0: <laughs>
1: I need to be asleep by three o'clock, you know, and and yeah. and wander home, and you know, just balmy stuff i know
0: it's a, it's a the, the the great moments and and sport is a great example because football and drinking for me was just so hand in hand that i couldn't really remember ever going to a football match like since i was like 14 without drinking heavily you know it was a, yeah, yeah. and i sort of you almost wonder whether or not you're going to still enjoy it and then you start thinking Oh my God, I missed all that football because I was pissed. And now you just enjoy it so much more. I always say football and Christmas are the two things that I can't believe I wasted on booze because they're both really fucking great in their own right.
1: Yeah, 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 I think so. I mean... You know, there's been other times I've been at Stoke. I have to say, and thought to myself, <laughs> "God, I couldn't have watched this sober for fucks." sake. <laughs> <Yeah. I> mean, <laughs> but there you go. Um, I
0: mean, yeah. it's an interesting. They've never done a survey about like you know levels of alcoholism depending on the club you follow. Because I mean, as a Stoke, you're a Stoke fan. I'm a West Ham fan. It does probably make it a bigger challenge <sighs> to um, watch it, watch it sober. Um, yeah. So what what did what did you what did you do, mate? Was it was it a twelve step thing that you did? Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. I line? did.
1: You no, know, I did twelve step thing and met some fantastic people who I still keep in touch with, obviously. And mm. uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I my wriggled on the hook like so many of us do and going on oh, mm. I'll 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 do that bit but not that bit and I'll do that bit but I'm not doing that bit you know and and then you just keep seeing all these people who seem to be really well and they do all of it and you think mm. I think I think the biggest thing that I learned I've learned a lot in AA the biggest thing is is uh, to be teachable just you know yeah. you can be clever and miserable or you can just accept you don't know everything and actually be quite happy, you know? and I think that's uh, you know that's 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 a really important thing, humility.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so also, Nick, I know um, that you recently lost your your mother as well, which is yeah. very, very sorry to hear. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: uh, t- tell us about how well, how that's been um, for you. Well, actually,
1: a couple of things really, because uh, which are all intertwined. So. It was COVID mm. and a lockdown. So that coincided with uh, I got divorced from my wife because of the drink. Okay. Right. and And moved into a flat, and my. Daughter was at university, and my son went to university, and then it was locked down, and I was on my own for months wow. and months and months, which was not. And, and I know it's not a rare thing, but it was not nice. And I just felt like uh, everybody's gone, everybody's gone away. Where is everybody? Uh, and I was, uh, I wasn't living in Stoke. I was living in Cheshire, miles and miles away, um, and, and that that was very difficult to deal with. Then, brilliantly. <laughs> not brilliantly after the one term my son of course can't go back to university so he has to be at home which he hated of course because he's 20 you know and he wants yeah. to be at university but i've got my son here <laughs> for six months <laughs> which is joyful um uh, you know uh, we had a uh, we had a, a house rule which was that um anything the right side of contempt was acceptable anything he could say <laughs> but, but when it reached contempt i wasn't having that <laughs> uh, so then then of course he's gone away again and my my daughter's got a job now so i'm on my own again and then and then uh, my mum died in in january and it was um I, I was shocked by quite how much it <laughs> affected me i don't know why mm. because um, you know um a friend, well, he's a friend of both of us, Jim Thornton, uh, and mm. I went to his mother's funeral, and he did a little piece, which I think he wrote it himself. Anyway, it start it started with the line, "I've never not had a mum before," mm. and I thought that 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 is exactly it. Of course, I don't know how to behave. I, I, I've never not had a mum, you know, <laughs> since yeah. the moment yeah. I was born, literally <laughs> the, the first person, yeah. uh, and. um you know, it's it's not. It's just a. It's it's just. I mean, there are clear there are memories, but it's more. It's more just. It's just a really bloody deep sadness. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it as anything. You know, um, but she would have enjoyed. it. It's just a. I I think I mean, think the bereft is the word, isn't it? Um, and I, I I don't think I ever thought that would be the case. I, I I think I always thought when I reached the age I am now, everything would be sorted. You know, work would be over. Kids have gone away. Fantastic. You know, mum and dad. Well, yeah. you know they had a good innings, yeah. and uh, you know they've um, they, they, they've got a car we could sell. You know that sort of thing. Um, but but in fact, it's it's it can be quite a lonely place. <laughs> um, um, you know, when all these things happen at once, um, and 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 also you're not working as much, so you don't you don't you don't. Um, you're not having that interaction either so yeah, yeah I mean I don't know probably sounds like we are complaining we're having a, a conversation about about mental health so I'm just telling you this is this is my this is my experience I'm not saying you know I want pen friends yeah <laughs> I'm just saying yeah, about um, the, that, about the it's not what I expected is, is it but then really, life shouldn't be what you expect shouldn't
0: it no and it's like you say you've got to be um you know humility and being open to learn yeah, from yeah, the experiences yeah. and, I was, uh, and 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 uh, has has the experience of recovery helped you through th- these challenges
1: yes I think it has and I think it has you know because uh, f- first of all I know it's not just me <laughs> you know, who has yeah. problems in the world. And in fact, most people have much worse problems in the world. And also, you know, there's that great um, prayer of St. Francis, I think it is, something yeah. like that. Anyway, it's better, to, it's better to love than to be loved. It's better to forgive than to be forgiven. It's better, you know, get out of yourself, yeah. you know, is, 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 is what it is. Um, and, 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 I, I, and I catch myself, uh, the, one of the great things about recovery is, you start to learn your little signals, you know, uh, and, and if, yeah. if, uh, if I'm not listening to music, that's a bad sign, right? If if, yeah. if I'm not exercising, that's a bad sign. If I'm going out the car and the first car I see, I go, you fucker, I'm in a bad place, yeah. okay? Because that's a ridiculous yeah. thing to do. So, i you know I'm, I'm much better now at at, at seeing those things and, and try not to isolate and, uh, and so yeah it does it does help it really does help yeah
0: and what do you do i mean uh, presumably when you feel yourself you see those signs i guess you know you you go to meetings or what have you what else do you do in life what helps what are the little things that help you
1: exercise like you know swimming and stuff like that um yeah uh, I go and see my dad, check how he how he's doing, things like that. Um, m- my uh, uh, my sister's got all of her grandchildren with her at the moment. Seeing seeing little ones is fantastic. I mean, you know, a f- a f- three or four years of age is my favourite age for children because mm. everything is just so fantastic. And tomorrow's going to be another day, and it's going to be better than today. You know, so that's all. That's always a, a really a really good thing uh, to do. Um so yeah those are uh, the things i try to do what uh, and what i try not to do is is decide i'm going to watch a box set that's not a good thing to do uh get out in the fresh air that is a good thing to do um yeah open my post that's a good thing to do it's a very easy yeah. thing to start doing it's just going oh, i don't know. i'm looking at that i don't want to do that so yeah just yeah. you know lots of different things whatever works for you isn't it like you say yeah Uh,
0: well Nick I've really it's been lovely talking to you and it's been and I'm really privileged that you've been so open
1: no problem mate no problem at all good luck
0: there you go Nick Hancock a talented successful and confident bloke who's nevertheless been through many of the same trials and tribulations as any of us I really appreciated how honest he was and got a lot out of listening to his insights and his experiences I hope you did too if you like Nick then you should check out his brilliant podcast, The Famous Sloping Pitch, which he does with Chris England. It's football, but it's really smart and very funny. Thanks for listening, as always, gang.